0: On this week's episode, it's a November to remember what's the early word on the Eternals and why Sears will always have a place in our childhood hearts. All this and more as we once again delve into the Pop Culture Cosmos.
1: Welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos.
0: And we're back with another episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos. This is Gerald Glassberg from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports, Fantasy Football, The Lakers Fast Break, Humanity Media, or any one of the number of things that we do, including the fact that we're the number one tabletop RPG streamer on Facebook. And in fact, as we speak, we have a game going on right now that you can watch on Facebook at Pop Culture Cosmos. Plus, we have the latest news and trends in pop culture. Every single day that we post right there at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook and anything you can do to support us it is sincerely appreciated. But it wouldn't be a Pop Culture Cosmos without my good friend. He is our November to remember for Pop Culture Cosmos. You got to check out what he's doing today at popculturecosmos.com, he's a comedian Everything that he does there, including his awesome shows, Ocalypse, and the Super B.S. Gamescast, plus his amazing book, Congratulations, You Suck, which you can get right now at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. It is my good friend. It is Josh Peterson. What's up, man?
2: What is up? So do you remember Walden Books? Yes, I, I do. Really love that store. Like it's just part of shopping mall culture. But I love going into Walden Books and like checking out books even more so than Barnes and Noble. But I tell you, man, I just you know as we're getting into talking about the toy stores and all that, I just don't think we're ever gonna come back to an era like that ever again.
0: Well, I know you've got the Halloween stuff on because we're taping this on Halloween. You've got the garb already, Scooby Dooby Doo. Where Are You, the best animated show ever. But we won't go that too much into that today. I know that everybody is so scared on the video game end because Roblox has been down more than 24 hours. So hopefully by the time you hear this, their servers have been fixed. But I know everybody's freaking out because that game is still, even to this day, so popular. In fact, our most popular episode is on Roblox. But our best wishes to you that you had a great and safe Halloween right here from all of us at the Pop Culture Cosmos. But it is going to be a great show, my friend. We've got Jeff Sloboda coming up on the back end for a few minutes talking about the advanced word on the Eternals. And boy, has there been a lot of advanced word. So he'll go in on that. Also as well, we're going to be talking some favorite memories, including a place that's beloved in our hearts. This week, it's going to be based off of Sears, a once retail giant in fact the retail giant in the industry at one time unfortunately has seen very rough times and uh, there's not many of them out there left but we'll go ahead and embark on some memories on the back end of the show for that plus also as well we do want to go ahead and give everybody an update on guardians of the galaxy the video game plus also i said we would go ahead and embark on our favorite wes anderson movies with the french dispatch out so Hopefully, Josh can touch on his favors and I can touch on mine on the back end of the show as well. But in the front part, we've got a big half hour devoted to November because there's a ton of stuff that's coming to streaming outlets, to movies, to video games. It's all coming out, my friend, and I cannot tell you how excited I am for November. There's absolutely a ton of stuff. You always talk about overload and not having enough time in the day to watch all this stuff, to play all this stuff. Well, my friend, November's going to do just that.
2: Yes. I'm going to let you just throw it at me and we'll talk okay. about it. But all right. um, yeah, a lot of stuff. But what I'm curious, what I'm looking for is is there anything outside of the the bigs, you know, that is going to be appealing to me? Like some some like hidden gem amongst all like these big things dropping that I'm going to sit down and be like, oh,
0: I'm going to watch this. Well, there may be. I'll point out as much as I can within the course of the first half hours. So what do you want to start out first, my friend? Movies, streaming, or video games?
2: Ooh, okay, let's talk movies.
0: All right. Movies are pretty easy. They're pretty cut and dry. Of course, it starts off with The Eternals on November 5th as the major release right there for you. Of course, it's Marvel's upcoming big, huge next thing that's going on. The advanced word, and again, I'm going to be talking more about this with Jeff Sloboda. The reviews so far have come in a little bit lower than expected, but a lot of people are still excited for this. You are more excited this than I am. I am not holding it in in the highest regards. I told you I've never got that warm and fuzzy feeling like I did with Shang-Chi, Black Widow, and some other movies that have come out in the Marvel Universe. But I am going to catch it. I know we are planning to go ahead to do so when it comes out. We've got the next week. We've got a clip for the big red dog as the major release there. Yeah, uh, you know, the-
2: that one's a weird one for me because I didn't even know that that was coming out till last week when a trailer just happened to pop up for something I was watching on like Amazon Prime or Hulu or something. Yeah, but it was on uh, ESPN Plus. It popped up when I was watching hockey. If I had not seen that trailer, I would have not even known this movie existed.
0: If they don't tell you ahead of time and you don't know, then it, it's it's doomed to fail for the most part. So that's something we've always talked about with in the past, but something that else is coming up on the 12th, Belfast, which is getting a lot of advanced praise as an Oscar-worthy contender. Kenneth Branagh has a movie that he directed, semi-biographical. It's, it's about his childhood growing up in Belfast, so... Looking forward to seeing that because that is getting a lot of praise right now as as a leading contender for the Oscars. On the 19th, you have Ghostbusters Afterlife is the major Mm -hmm. release there. The thing I want to ask you is, could it have been a mistake to release it there? I I think it'll still do very well, even though it'll be facing off against King Richard, which will be doing a day-and-date streaming on HBO Max. But I really think that it had a better chance to get a larger, wider audience if it would have been released this week, Halloween week. But maybe they didn't want to be jam-packed between Dune and the Eternals, so they spaced it out over here. Your thoughts on Ghostbusters Afterlife?
2: No, I actually kind of think that that's a good time for that to come out because that is, what you said, the 16th or the
0: 18th? It's coming out, the, yeah, the weekend of the 19th.
2: Nineteenth. Okay, so that is the Friday that everybody's getting out of school for Thanksgiving break. So I kind of I feel like that is actually the most opportune time for a movie like that to come out. Okay, you know, fair enough. These, it, it's kids. just it,
0: it seemed more mood fitting during Halloween, but I could I yeah right.
2: and yeah and no, I totally understand that because wasn't it originally slated for October? Didn't it get pushed back? I
0: think it did get pushed back. It, it's like mid October, and then it got pushed back to this date. So like you yeah. said, it may work out well because again, it would have been sandwiched between Dune and The Eternals, so maybe they could right. what they can to avoid that.
2: One second. I just want to push this thing. I'll send the link to Gerald here, and you he can post it on the Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook page, but there's a really interesting interview with Jason Reitman, right? Who's, Jason who's Reitman? Reitman, who's directing Ghostbusters, and he's talking about this like dynamic he has with his father and what it was like having his dad on set and all that. It was a really, really cool piece, but I'll send it to Gerald. You guys should check it out. It's, It makes Ghostbusters feel like this very human piece that I now am even more inclined to watch.
0: Well, the reviews have already come out already for most of the major review sites because they gave a well-in-advanced look for it, and they're really, for the most part, positive. So this looks like a Ghostbusters that you'll be able to come back to. I know the Ghostbusters reboot before, a few years ago, did not get well-received, but this looks like something that a lot of people would like to go get into Paul Rudd is going to have a busy November because he's got something else coming up in the streaming market that's coming up later in the show. On yeah. the 24th, it's Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City, which is something I know you're excited about. I know Jamie Monroy from Game Source is excited about. So that's going to compete, I guess, kind of because it'll be in wide release, but it'll also be day and date, I believe, on Netflix. But then also Encanto. That'll be a release for mm-hmm. Walt Disney Studios Animation feature. It's not at Pixar. It's a Walt Disney Studios Animation feature. Encanto will also be the other wide release. Then, so I'm looking forward to some good stuff. There'll also be mixed in some smaller films, some of which might get acclaim for Oscar contenders, like we talked about with Belfast. But yeah, do, uh,
2: do you think that Edgar Wright's Last Night in Soho is going to get? It?
0: Well, I know it did not fare well at the box office. About that, like, and both that. Yeah, it's getting like it's getting praise, it's getting some good reviews, so it might be remembered. But the fact that it didn't do well the box office won't help it. Also, the fact that Antlers from Guillermo del Toro, which just came out this weekend as well, got unfortunately snowed under by Dune,
2: uh, which yeah,
0: Dune also is something that in a buried second in week, the sand. yeah, buried in the sand per se. So. Dune uh, has one out for this weekend, so Antlers is also a movie that may be forgotten about as well because of the unfortunate way that it got dealt with at the box office. Again, if, if you're not coming out with something big and large, it's going to be very tough because niche movies, Oscar contender movies, we talked about this before, it's going to be very hard for those movies to be attended to in this period of time, I think the only movie I've seen with with us that's a smaller niche type movie is the French dispatch, which we'll talk about a little bit later in the show when we talk about Wes Anderson, that's the only movie that has garnered a large enough following to go ahead and find any success at the box office for a smaller film. So that's something I think that audience has yet to come back to for this period of the pandemic. But that's your November slate for movies, my friend. And that's easy enough. But what about when it comes to video games? And streaming's got a ton of stuff. But we'll do that last, my friend. But video games, you've got the major powerhouses that are coming up, my friend. And wanted to ask you this. When you've got... Animal Crossing is coming out with an updated version with all new DLC that's coming out to fit for Switch owners. Yeah,
2: and you actually get that for free if you sign up for the uh, Nintendo the Nintendo 64 and Sega Genesis expansions. Yeah, which, Online.
0: which Jamie Monroy and I really are. I'm on the fence about it. I'm really not in love with it, the update and how much more you're going to have to pay for it. Kind of forcing on you if you don't have mm-hmm. Animal Crossing
2: the nintendo 64 games that are on there are not running so well from what I'm.
0: yeah wondering. the emulation yep i heard that same thing as well so that's two strikes against this new update call of duty vanguard is also coming out november 5th forza horizon 5 is november 9 and the other major title that's coming out in, in november is battlefield 2042 November 19th. There's also the Xbox 20th anniversary that's also coming out the middle part of next month. But don't get me started on that because then I'll just bemoan the fact that Halo Infinite is not coming out on the 20th anniversary of Halo Combat Evolved. Yeah, yeah let's not. Yeah. Like, we'll go into that at another rant on another week again.
2: Oh, sorry, I was going to say, there's also um, the Grand Theft Auto trilogy, the new Skyrim thing, and the yeah, uh, that's Pokemon. Good.
0: Because Bethesda has not monetized Skyrim enough. There is the Skyrim 10th Anniversary Edition that's coming out, which is going to add some new elements from Morrowind and also Oblivion. And then, of course... Yeah, the- it's like-
2: Yeah, story stuff
0: too. Yeah, new story Um, stuff. Yep, a new way to get Skyrim, huh? Imagine that. Did we not say that this one is the game that Bethesda's just going to bleed dry anyway?
2: Definitely. If it's at a forty-dollar price point, I might pick it up. Anything over forty dollars, I think that will be too much for me to buy an old game like that.
0: God forbid you would want to just add it in a free update. Hmm, can't do that for all the stuff that you have out there. But like you said, the GTA Trilogy, which is going to have the, the great games from the past, San Andreas, it's going to have Vice City, and it's going to have GTA 3. That's all going to be on one package, but you know, you are going to have to pay the price for it, but it is the GTA Trilogy, and that's also coming out in November as well. So we're going to go ahead and break everything down in those top video games for you this month, but what are your thoughts on, on November for video game releases?
2: Okay, so there's there's enough coming out to like really consume people's time throughout most of November. Like you have Forza, right? Anyone who plays Forza knows that that is a game that's probably going to take two to three weeks to finish. You know, unless you're someone who literally just sits there and plays all day. Grand Theft Auto. I don't know how people are feeling about this. You were, you had mentioned that you had interest in going back to those worlds. I don't really have a history with those older Grand Theft Autos just because when I was a kid, I was not. It wasn't the fact that I wasn't allowed to play them, because I was, but I just wasn't interested in them, if that makes sense. But-,
0: but if you can go by or get past whatever updated look that it has, because it will still look a little dated. I mean, there's still yeah. no two ways about it. If you can get by that, there are hundreds of hours waiting for you with GTA trilogy.
2: Yeah. Yeah, And, you know, as for the other things, I'm not going to pick up this new Battlefield. I, I don't have time, you know, with Halo, I'll probably play the multiplayer just because I've played it with all the others. But like with Battlefield, I don't have time to sit there and play these massive online multiplayer games, you know, not not that it's an MMO, but, you know, these, these multiplayer only games. Like, I love the idea of them, but I don't believe in having to pay $60 to pick something up like that. If I had a single player, I'd be more inclined to check it out, but I don't think that this is for me. Outside of that, I think just like Forza and Pokemon are going to be the things that I'm going to be checking out this month because I'm still playing Tales of Arise and I haven't, it seems like I've barely put a dent in that game. So, you know, I'm kind of like spacing out my gaming time until December gets here, when, you know, in which case I'll hopefully have time to go back and play halo and gardens of the galaxy far cry and all these games i've I've missed over the past couple months
0: well that's the thing like you said it's also november's going to bring diamond and pearl that's mm-hmm. going to be something that i think a lot of people are going to be looking at as well so that's coming out i think on the 19th if i remember correctly so that's yeah. a- another thing you want to look out for if you are a pokemon fan but if you've already had those type of releases before that they've had on the switch with the pokemon I'm not sure if it's going to go over as well as previous Pokemons that have been Whoa. on the Switch.
2: No, absolutely not. I mean, cause it's got that, that chibi style to it where it's like, they're small people instead of the full size, like animations you're seeing in sword and shield. But for some people like, like myself, like I missed out on that generation. Cause after game boy color, I didn't play any more Pokemon after that. Like, i jumped back on when the, the switch the let's go EV and uh you know spawn shield came out so i kind of missed out on that whole era so i'm kind of excited to go back and play those but yeah I, I totally get what you mean for like the older generation who these games are like sort of maybe trying to appeal to i just don't know if those gamers have time to sit down and play those games anymore
1: hey this is chad from ghost toasters and you're listening to pop culture cosmos podcast
2: Dig on America Hey guys, this is Jason Dutch with Dig on America Podcast, and I'm here with Big Hops. And I'm also here with
0: but it is going to be a very solid month. Forza Horizon, that's going to be also available, my friend. Your thoughts on that before we head on to the streaming marketplace?
2: Yeah, I'm going to tell you my thoughts on Forza, and then I want to get your thoughts on something real quick.
0: Uh, um, that's
2: scary. yeah. So for- Forza is a game I am looking forward to because I, you know, and I've said this before on the show. Like I, I love Forza, not for like the components, like being able to play online and all that, but I just love it because. If you're someone who like works all day and you just want to sit down and play a mindless game, like not that that speaks bad things about Forza, but you can just sit on the couch and play this game and it is the most relaxing thing in the world.
0: So it's going to be a really packed month for video games as always in November. But yes, Animal Crossing New Horizons with the update 2.0 and the DLC that's going to be available through the online system. You got Call of Duty Vanguard, Forza Horizon 5 got battlefield 2042 you do have grand theft auto the trilogy the definitive edition you've got a lot of great stuff that's coming pokemon brilliant diamond shining pearl plus also as well mobile suit gundam battle operation code very volume two that's also coming out nerf legends yeah those those are some good stuff
2: on the note of the gundam If you go to Target, you could buy these things called like Gundam Breaker Battlegrounds. I think it has content for the game, Mm -hmm. but it also has a code for an exclusive anime for you to check out if you're a fan. But before we move on, can I get your thoughts on something? Okay. So while we're here, I just want to get your thoughts on the Halo footage because I know that you had been weary about Halo because there's no campaign footage released. So what are your thoughts now after seeing the new trailer and the campaign footage?
0: Well again it's Halo it uh, looks pretty solid I didn't want the the beast to be doing all the talking that was kind of a uh, kind of a letdown I mean that part of it as far as where the beast talking back you yeah. humans are worthless rah, 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 rah. okay that's great but I wanted to understand more about the dynamic of it and why humanity is in such a desperate place and desperate way that humanity is you know going into the game that's something I wanted a little bit more advanced word on, but it looks good. I mean, it looks Halo. Uh, it's something I'll play, yeah. but after Halo 5, I know a lot of people are pretty down on the series as a whole, so this is going to be more open world, which I'm, I think in the, is a good direction as opposed to a linear format, but we'll talk about the linear formats later, how they still have a, a definite place in the video game world, but I'm looking forward to what I'm seeing with Halo Infinite but I'm not overly hyped by it. I'm not overly buzzed yeah. by it, if that makes sense. It it looks Halo. Yeah. It looks like Halo.
2: Yeah, it does. I mean, and I'm I'm excited for the same reasons you are. Like, I love the open world. I'm just the story. To me, Halo has always been about the story. Like, the gameplay's just been second to me. So, I just hope it has a good story, better than Halo Five. And it kind of, like, wraps up the past, like, what, six or seven years since Halo 4 came out. So, I don't know, that's just what I'm excited about. And I'm excited to get in there and use the grappling hook. That looks kind of cool.
0: But the series has had declining returns as far as storytelling is concerned. And it's gone down, 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 down. And the problem is you have a base that's very skeptical that it can get repaired. So, I'm hoping Halo Infinite, with the year plus delay and hint, that has take a place let's hope that gets this series right on track because if it comes out and it's received poorly or it's received eh, average reviews Mm -hmm. or whatnot that to me is an epic fail on the part of microsoft
2: yeah no i agree so it'll be i mean i'm sure we'll talk about it more when it comes out here's hoping it's good
0: here's hoping it's good but that's for december my friend that's for december and you'll get to see a lot more highlights on the xbox 20 presentation that's coming out in the middle part of this month and we'll report on it right here at the pop culture cosmos but what are your thoughts out there on what's going on with the movies for november and also the video games for november share us your thoughts pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com well coming up right now my friend is streaming because we need to go ahead and pay a lot of attention to streaming oh my gosh there's a ton of it so let's get into it my friend we're going to go with whatever the we're going to go with the big boy on top and that is netflix netflix obviously you've talked about already we hinted already with cowboy bebop that's coming out on the 19th i mean right in that middle part of november we're going to have some massive shows because there's a ton of stuff that's going to be coming out in all forms of entertainment so cowboy bebop is coming out the november 19th plus the final season of narcos mexico is coming out on november 5th tiger king 2 November 17th, Masters of the Universe Revelation Part 2 of that season. That drops on the 23rd. Then they've got The Harder They Fall with Idris Elba and Regina King. That comes out November 3rd. You've got Red Notice with Dwayne Johnson, Gal Gadot, and Ryan Reynolds. That comes out on November 12th. Tick, Tick, Boom, the musical we talked about with Lin-Manuel Miranda directing it. That's coming on November 19th. Ton of stuff on Netflix, man, including Cowboy Bebop. So your thoughts on what's coming out with Netflix?
2: The one with The Rock and Ryan Reynolds and Gal Gadot sounded cool. I don't necessarily know if it's going to be good, but uh, it just—I'm intrigued by the idea of them all on screen together. Yeah, I'm really excited about Cowboy Bebop. I—I I don't necessarily know like how I'm going to feel about it, but because you know the director had said. He's not trying to copy the anime, but as I'm seeing more footage, it seems like he is trying to copy the anime. So I don't know. Like I I just, I'm not setting the bar. I'm not setting my hopes too high for it. So I'm hoping I can just kind of like cruise in and casually enjoy it as opposed to like having a checklist out and saying, it's gotta be this, 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 and this, you know,
0: I'm excited for it. And as far as tick, tick, boom, we've already talked about the year in musicals. And then I, when I spoke to Melinda about tick, tick, boom, Miranda, we were hoping that this could somehow give a boost to musicals because musicals in the movie or streaming format has not fared well so far. Outside of a net, HBO Max, a lot of its continuation with HBO Max, they're really gearing for December because they've got a lot of stuff, good stuff, coming in December. But if you, you know, if you're continuing with Succession, you've got Insecure, Curb Your Enthusiasm, that series is continuing. For the most part, that's what you're going to be looking at with HBO Max. I mean, they've got a lot of good stuff that's coming out, but it's not really just something that you're going to have to go out of your way for unless you're continuing the series, which I mentioned earlier. With Disney+, Plus, though, two really good things you got to go ahead and go out of your way to see. Hawkeye, which I'm really mm. super excited about, which is really giving me that die-hard feel. That is coming out with its first two episodes November 24th looking extremely forward to that as a six episode event and the beatles get back which is a three part documentary that's being directed by peter jackson that's from the beatles let it be 1970 album and when they did that outdoor their final performance per se that's that's touching on a lot of it so i'm really looking forward to it as a fan of the beatles the beatles get back
2: there there are some things that sound interesting you know and i'm sure with like he man is something i've been wanting to check out and i haven't had a chance to like sit down and it's watch good it
0: it's really good I, I really was surprised i had low it's, expectations and master of the universe revelation is really good
2: i watched the like first two episodes and like it's not something that i disliked because of the controversy or whatever it's just something i didn't have time to finish you know and like i i have enjoyed what i've watched but i just haven't had a chance to like sit down and see this series to fruition so i don't really know as much about it as i'd like to but yeah, you know, I'm stoked to know that there's a second part coming out because I'd really love to find the time to sit down and watch that series.
0: Also coming out to Disney Plus is Home Sweet Home Alone, which I don't know is going to be good or going to be a train wreck, but there you go. It's kind of—I know a lot of people are actually looking forward to it to continue the Home Alone series. Becoming Cousteau is coming to National Geographic. That part of the Disney Plus experience and then of course jungle cruise and shang chi will be coming november 12th as part of the disney plus day they'll also have a lot of announcements and a lot of upcoming looks at a lot of stuff so we will be going ahead and breaking that down for you as well right here at the pop culture cosmos i'm telling you that mid-november that 10 day period of time is going to be really very busy for us right here at the pop culture cosmos but Before we head on out at our look at our November preview for streaming outlets, Apple TV Plus, Foundation, if you're continuing that series, which has been pretty good so far. You've also had Dickinson, that's also coming out on the 5th, that series. Then you have Finch, a movie with Tom Hanks that's coming out on November 5th. The Shrink Next Door with Paul Rudd and Will Ferrell, that's coming out on the 12th. Invasion, that series is continuing.
2: Yeah. i have actually really wanted to watch that i've heard mixed reviews about it but all of them are like all of them i I heard it's a slow
0: burn i heard it's a really slow burn
2: that's what i've heard but all of them at the end of the reviews are like i'm gonna watch more just to see what happens so you know maybe it's something that's gonna pick up near the end but i don't know like i've sam neil you know aliens like count me in you know
0: hulu is coming out with the second season of the great Pig, which is a movie coming out on the 26th, which is reinventing Nicolas Cage yet again. But the thing I wanted to mention for something you said that might be under the radar for streaming outlets, my friend, is coming to Hulu on November 17th. And that is from Marvel. And that is Hitmonkey. This is one of those side series in the Marvel world out there that's kind of niche going to be kind of quirky and that looks like something that might be very interesting to see.
2: Yeah, so this is something I just found out about recently, you know, and I know they've talked about it, but I didn't know that it's actually like done and made. Hitmonkeys animated, isn't it? Yes. You know, just the fact that it's on Hulu and not Disney Plus goes to show that they don't have the faith in it that is going to be required for this show to be successful.
0: But but let's close out the preview for November streaming with Paramount Plus. Mayor of Kingstown, if you have not had enough Jeremy Renner for the month of November, you're going to get a little bit of taste before Hawkeye comes out because he's starring in a movie with Kyle Chandler, Star Trek Discovery it has a Season 4 debut right in the middle of November, it, November 18th. So that's something, I, of course, I'm very excited about. Clifford the Big Red Dog, if you didn't catch it in theaters, it will be available on November 10th, day and date, with the theaters release. So if, there's some good stuff there. But the, the last thing I want to talk about with Paramount Plus and the streaming stuff, of course, Yellowstone, which will come out on November 7th. And the last thing to Paramount Plus is South Park Post-COVID which is going to be a special episode specifically for Paramount+. Plus. So, a lot of great things overall, my friend. The month of November is on overload. Can you handle it all?
2: Yeah, I don't know, man. I I just, like, I hardly have time to watch stuff as it is. I'm hoping I can at least watch a couple things.
0: Well, we'll see what happens there, my friend. But we gave you a preview of what to look forward to in the world of video games, the world of streaming, and the world of movies. Share your thoughts on what you're going to check out. And if it's way too much, not to mention our updates on Black Friday for you very, very soon. That's going to be spread out throughout the entire month of November with all those deals there. So stay tuned to us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. We'll give you updates. But your thoughts on what's upcoming in the month of November. Share your thoughts. Pop Culture Cosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, coming up next, it is Jeff Sloboda from the MCU's Bleeding Edge with some early thoughts on The Eternals. Then after that, Josh and I will return with thoughts on our favorite Wes Anderson movies. We're also going to be talking about Guardians of the Galaxy, the video game, and how well it's performed so far. And then we're going to close out the show with some fond memories of a place that's almost near death in the retail world called Sears. We'll talk about that coming up on the back end of the show. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you want to see
1: the coolest action figure collections out there, the stuff that you played with as a kid, hear from industry insiders that made the toys that really, truly defined who we are, and you got to check out Season 1 of Action Figure Adventure. Check out Action Figure Adventure now,
0: exclusively at Big Bad Toy Store, and you'll get 10 episodes of awesome action figure fun. I guarantee if you grew up playing toys, you will love action figure adventure. It's the Eternals. It's coming out November 5th. Looking forward to go ahead and seeing what Marvel has in store for us to extend the MCU even more. And who better to talk about the MCU and the Eternals and what this might do or might not do for audiences? Because, again, there's a lot to talk about leading up to this release. You got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today at the MCU's Bleeding Edge. Be a subscriber today on YouTube for the MCU's Bleeding Edge. It is just about all. Great to have you back on the show, my friend. It is The Eternals. that's coming out later this week. The advanced word is not strong. It's not horrible. And I was talking with you before the show about how this movie and Chloe Zhao, who has won the Academy Award for Nomadland, she's got a tough task to try and tell a story that I think should have been told at the very beginning of the MCU in regards to the Eternals, the Deviants, the Celestials, all that type of stuff that you're trying to go ahead and stick in now because of where you're going forward with this phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But to try and tell such a big overarching thing, it's a hard task to do. I think it may be leading into it for a lot of people. They just don't get it. They just don't understand it. I don't have the greatest of vibes. I want to go ahead and see it with a fresh and open look, but it's just really the advanced word and the things I see are just not giving it that ultimatum that I have to go ahead and support this film 100%.
1: Well, I agree with you. As a fan, I want to go in and see it with an open mind as well. And I want to walk away and feel like I enjoyed the film, even if maybe it's not perfect. Kind of how I felt about Shang-Chi. What we've already heard from Rotten Tomatoes, from the critics from the reviews is very much a either you love it or hate it kind of dynamic, I guess, with the film. It's a very expansive story. I don't want to say convoluted, but the trailers themselves don't really convey the entire story of what the Eternals film is about. And I feel like from a fan standpoint, you're probably right that there's probably going to be a lot of fans that are going to feel kind of sidelined a little bit by what they have seen with those trailers, maybe don't know what to expect based off of them, you know, like my thing with the trailers was I really felt like they didn't really explain the entire premise of the story. And I don't know that the way that the deviants look, they look kind of like your typical digitally constructed alien looking creature, you know, like it looked like something that I've seen before, basically. It's a very pressure filled situation to take on a task like the Eternals. And I guess we're going to have to see what happens when the film actually releases in terms of how well it does, box office-wise and everything, I am a little bit pessimistic. I think just like you are, going into the thing.
0: It's something where it's got so much story it needs to tell, and I'm not sure if it's going to have enough time to do it. Obviously, trying to explain everything to a general audience, and even an MCU audience who hasn't caught the Eternals in a comic book form, is going to be something that has to be really explained very well, and I'm not sure it's going to be given that kind of levity in the form of this film we had this kind of knowledge before with shang chi and the legend of the ten rings because shang chi was not a very well-known property in advance of what we saw for general audience but that came across well guardians of the galaxy nobody knew about guardians of the galaxy before that movie came out except for a small few devoted marvel fans that are devoted to the comic books and that did extremely well so Maybe the Marvel formula will work. In fact, I think this will put Marvel to the test. Just how many people show their undying faith for the Marvel brand with the Eternals. Because I think this is going to be a true test of the Marvel brand.
1: That's a good point. That falls back into the camp of conversations we've had before in the past a while back. You know, this perfect company, this perfect studio, that everything they make is gold. Is this going to be the spot where maybe they might stumble a little bit? They've done a really good job with the Disney Plus shows that with the series that they have put out and everything and whatnot. I think they've done very well from a fan standpoint, they've been successful. You're definitely right, Gerald. I think that they really took on a lot with this project. And I feel like it's hard for me to wrap my head around being able to sell a team that's made up of like eight, nine, ten different individuals in a two and a half hour or two hour and 15 minute film. How are you really going to be able to play out these individual character arcs? How well is the team going to coalesce? Is this going to be a trilogy? Is this just going to be a one-off film? Because, I mean, the, the MCU formula is one in the past where we're used to getting these films in threes. So if this is supposed to be an Avengers type of deal in a way, are we going to get another film after this? Or is this going to be one of those situations where Marvel Studios is going to kind of see how this does and then decide for the future of the Eternals from there. We don't really know. But once
0: again, it's Jeff Sloboda from the MCU's Bleeding Edge. Please catch his show every time out on YouTube. You're expecting a lot more appearances by the Eternals in other films, Avengers films, stuff going forward for that, not only for their own stuff. Standalone-wise, if the movie does not perform up to expectations, then maybe it will just be a one-off, like you said. Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings, that looks like not only is it going to get a spin-off as far as Disney Plus is concerned as a series, but you're also going to be able to go ahead and I'm sure at some point in time get a Shang-Chi 2 because that has performed exceedingly well despite the circumstances of the pandemic. Now you have the situation here with the Eternals. If it even gets anywhere close to that, I think it's a win for Marvel because there's a lot of stuff coming up on the plate for November as well after the Eternals that will be coming up. With Ghostbusters Afterlife, you've got the Matrix Resurrections, you've got Spider-Man also coming up on the back end of this year. So there's a lot to look forward to there that might get in the way of success long-term for the Eternals. So if it does anywhere near what Shang-Chi does, I think that's a big win for
1: Marvel. I think that right now, any buildup that you can get with the theaters right now from these other films that you just mentioned is good for other movies that are put out theatrically. That's kind of where I think things are at with the theaters. I mean, every time I go see a movie at this point, I'm lucky if there's maybe three or four people in the theater other than me. So it makes you wonder, uh, kind of, Gerald, I mean, where are we still at at this point box office-wise? What can we even kind of expect from the Eternals from a financial standpoint? I mean, are are we still going to be struggling a little bit with people not, you know, still being hesitant to go see movies in the theater? I want to think that they honestly placed the Eternals Release-wise, from a scheduling standpoint, I think that they purposely put it in front of Spider-Man 3. I really do. I think that they anticipate that there could be blowback with this film, with the Eternals, where it could literally fizzle out and it could be a bomb. And at that point, maybe they, they set it up to, to go in front of Spider-Man 3 because, you know, we know what we're going to expect from Spider-Man 3. It's going to be – the director already said it's going to be like an Avengers Endgame-type film, essentially – Now, whether or not it turns out really like that, we'll see. I know the code word there is Spider-Man Endgame, and they've talked about how this will change
0: the character of Spider-Man going forward, or at least the way Tom Holland plays it going forward. And in fact, this might change the scope of Spider-Man movies going forward as well and how he's portrayed in upcoming films. But we'll see what happens, but I'm very curious to see. I am going to give the movie a chance, give the movie a shot, and see where we're at with it, and I'm hoping everyone else out there will as well, and have faith in the Marvel product going forward. But my friend, it's been great talking to you. But before we head on out, we need to go ahead and get a big shot from you as far as what's going on with the MCU's Bleeding Edge and where can they check it out?
1: Our podcast is on basically every directory out there where the MCU's Bleeding Edge, it it spells as simple as it sounds. You can always check out our content on YouTube and subscribe to us on there. And basically we are a live stream outfit that covers MCU content for the most part live every Wednesday evening around 9.05 p.m. Eastern, 6.05 p.m. Pacific, we do our regular show, and we cover the MCU pretty much strictly. Other superhero stuff here and there. We just got picked up by Geek News Now Network. We've already enjoyed our short time with them so far, and it should definitely increase our audience a little bit. So yeah, I mean, we're doing some Infinity Saga reviews right now until Hawkeye comes out. And once Hawkeye comes out, we'll be doing Hawkeye episode by episode, week by week. So if you like MCU content, then the MCU's Bleeding Edge is a good spot to find it.
0: Once again, it's Jeff Saboto from the MCU's Bleeding Edge. Please check out his show, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, subscribe today on YouTube. Well, Jeff, I am looking forward to the Eternals. I'm going to hopefully give this a good shot and we'll see what happens there. I'm wishing you all the enjoyment in the world. Continued success with your show. And we're rooting that the Eternals will be something that we can go ahead and say is going to be a good part of the MCU. I'm hoping it'll be a good part of the Marvel
1: Cinematic Universe. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. I want to believe that at the end of the day, we're both going to walk away from the theater happy. It might not be perfect, what we end up with here with the Eternals, but I think we're going to walk away at least having an enjoyable experience.
0: I agree as well once again it's jeff sloboda from the mcu's bleeding edge please catch his show wherever you get your podcasts and of course subscribe today on youtube jeff it's been great having you on talking the eternals looking forward to bringing you back on talking future mcu stuff right here at the pop culture cosmos if you're in the las vegas and henderson areas and are looking to buy sell or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip, or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. And we're back with the show. It's Pop Culture Cosmos. It's my good friend, Mr. Josh Peterson, and me, Gerald Glassford, wearing my Oswald Rabbit ears here from Epic Mickey in honor of Halloween. So before we head on out, my friend, the French Dispatch is one of those rare movies in this day and age in the middle of the pandemic for the movie theaters that has actually performed well per theater. There's a special group of individuals out there that love Wes Anderson's movies and looking forward to catching The French Dispatch whenever I can. But your thoughts on Wes Anderson's The French Dispatch and the thoughts on some favorite Wes Anderson movies that you might have.
2: There's a bunch that I still want to watch because I haven't seen them. I've seen Moonrise Kingdom. And I've watched The Life Aquatic. It's like one of my all-time favorite movies, and The Fantastic Mr. Fox. I and mean, that one was a little weird, but it was good, I guess. If that makes sense. I love dogs all well. weird. They're, all they're all weird. They're all weird. Yeah, but they're all Whereas like. Anderson all have...
0: has a weird view of things. Yeah,
2: you know, I've, I I still want to watch Rural Tannenbaum's.
0: Very good movie. Excellent yeah,
2: that's what I've what i've heard and uh what's that one isle of dogs is one i still like excellent
0: yes you just took my top two out of my mouth
2: from what i've seen so far like i agree i think he's got a a style of his own
0: i know the grand budapest hotel which came out last decade that's a movie that a lot of people have some fondness for and that's something i still have yet to check out i know the life aquatic with steve zizu like you said is something that i think a lot of people uh think it's very quirky and i think that's why it has its charm if you've not seen isle of dogs you're missing out because this was a movie that i really really enjoyed and the guy has just had this quirky way of filmmaking that has just gravitated to a certain particular group of individuals out there i think a lot of people have still yet to see and experience wes anderson films and if you haven't some some people may not get his style of filmmaking. Let's just put it out there. But for those who do, it's truly enjoyable.
2: Yeah. like and, and there's not a lot of filmmakers these days that can truly say that like they have their own style. Like A lot of them just do what they're told to do. But you still have these true artists, you know, like Wes Anderson, uh, Kevin Smith, D- Dennis Villeneuve. you know, like these people who do stay true to their visions. And people admire them for that, you know, like it. Hasn't seemed to lead any of them astray yet.
0: Well, that's good. I'm looking forward to seeing more from Wes Anderson. I, I'm hoping I will be able to catch the French Dispatch in the not-too-distant future. But if you have a particular favorite from Wes Anderson, whatever that may be, I would love to hear your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. My friend, before we head on out, a couple last things. Guardians of the Galaxy, the video game, I said we would be touching on this, I kind of saved it for you because I know we were really busy on the Friday PCC Multiverse, but my friend, I wanted to ask you this, when it comes to Guardians of the Galaxy video game, I think it speaks to the still relevancy of the narrative-driven, linear, single-focused video game, because this game has really done well from a critical standpoint. I don't know how well it's sold, but it has gotten the opposite reaction of what we've seen already with the previous Marvel's The Avengers from Square Enix. So this game has gotten an average Metacritic score of 81, which is really strong. To me, it speaks about how the narrative, linear, single-player, narrative-driven, focused game really still has a place in this industry i mean we always talked about it before with the uncharted games and how they're so well done so well made but your thoughts on guardians of the galaxy the video game
2: yeah you know it's funny you mentioned this because i was in walmart the other day with the intention to buy it and i sat there thinking to myself you know i could buy this and i could play it but then i'm never going to finish what i'm currently playing so i ended up buying it But it is something that I do want to play because I've heard that unlike Avengers, you know, you don't have to invest like hours and hours into this game. Like it's a pretty short experience, like 20 hours, I think is what reviewers are saying. It's a fun game from start to finish. You know, it's just it's just a fun ride. And like there's not a lot of games like that anymore that you don't have to really like invest your brain power into. Like it's just something you can sit down and play and it's still fun. You know, I think. Guardians of the Galaxy is what we call like a popcorn game where you can just kind of enjoy it and there's not like a lot of extra investment in it. And, you know, I would hope that if Marvel does more like spin off games like that, that they are in that vein. Don't try to make these superhero games something that they're not meant to be
0: absolutely you know, but,
2: like like we've talked about spider-man right spider-man's an amazing game even like going back to web of shadows great games because it's not over complicated with systems and i think that's where guardians is successful
0: well i'll tell you what i'm looking forward to getting a chance to playing it i'm hoping it comes to eventually to xbox games pass because i think that would be a great addition to xbox games pass so i'm hoping at some point in time just like the Avengers it's available now on xbox games pass isn't that correct
2: yes you can download that was uh up like two weeks ago so you okay. can download and play that i don't know how long it'll be up there for because uh, the ados i think makes that game the um, yeah, square um, enix and all that yeah, yeah those games have been kind of they don't stay up for very long so i would recommend getting sitting down playing it while you can
0: there you go but still i'm hoping that at some point in time Guardians of the Galaxy will be added to that list, or I may just get it outright. Maybe there'll be a good deal on it for Black Friday. We'll wait and see. But again, Guardians of the Galaxy, the video game, has garnered strong reviews and actually justified the position that was kind of being questioned at the end of this past decade about the relevance of the single-player narrative-driven game, that if it still has a place in the video game world, and I believe it does. I believe it has, and I believe it will for quite some time. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing more story-driven games from a linear fashion. It doesn't always have to be an open world. doesn't always have to be a massive multiplayer experience. Every now and then we can just have a good single-player-based focused story that drives us through, tells a great narrative, and gets us through that we can actually fondly remember years down the line so I'm hoping that there'll be more games like this going forward in the future every now and then sprinkled in with all the other game experiences that you have and that we don't forget about single player narrative games now and in the future
2: absolutely I agree with you we need games like that because it seems like it's either you play this multiplayer game or you play this game that takes you 60 to 80 hours to finish
0: I was very skeptical on it, and uh, now, uh, again, seeing all the reactions to it, seeing the great reviews for it, seeing the fact that a lot of people are enjoying it, that there is still room in the video game world for a single-player narrative-driven game. What are your thoughts out there on Guardians of the Galaxy, the video game? Please share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, I want to thank so much, Jeff Sloboda from the MCU's Bleeding Edge for joining us on today's program appreciate him stopping by talking the eternals which we will talk much more about on our friday show the pc multiverse again we've got the latest news and trends of pop culture happening right there on facebook at pop culture cosmos plus we are facebook's number one tabletop rpg streamer and i want to let you know that a new audio channel that's now available for you to listen to And that is RPG Adventures with the Pop Culture Cosmos. That audio channel is now available wherever you get your podcasts. So check that out. We'll be having some of our audio adventures from the RPG streams that we do coming there. Plus also great conversations with our roundtable of DMs and GMs. That's again, RPG Adventures with the Pop Culture Cosmos. Check it out wherever you get your podcasts. All right, my friends. So before we head on out... For me, it's more video game than toy memory when I talk of Sears. Sears is a once retail giant that was actually larger than any other retail giant that was out there for decades. A company that's well over a century old and unfortunately has seen very hard times. And in the modern age of buying online and Walmart dominating and Target and Best Buy having their own niches out there, it has seen very hard times. That and Kmart, which it bought... Okay, so Kmart and Sears are pretty much the same entity, and unfortunately, both have seen very hard times. Sears, for me, I have some great memories as far as in Torrance, California, going checking out downstairs where all the video games were at. They had an entire video video game section. They had an arcade. They had a snack bar. It was, it was great. It's just a place where you could hang out for hours on end, and you didn't have to worry about going upstairs where mom has picked out some of the clearance clothes for you like my mom did. But you won't talk too much about some of the choices. Yeah. Buster Brown, (laughs) but they really had some good stuff there. They had, you know, the Atari stuff, but they also had their own brand of Atari. It was so funny because they had their own brand of Atari. They had their own brand of a television. You can check out all the, with the latest video game systems there, your thoughts on Sears.
2: So, you know, it's, it's weird. You bring that up because like, I actually have two different sets of memories on Sears. Like one. So, I remember, so uh, when I grew up at the Westminster Mall in Westminster, California, they had like Sears and J.C. Penney's. like this mall was huge at this point, right? And all the department stores were still there. Everything was active still. Sears was where you could go, like the moms could go upstairs and look at like the clothing racks and all that and the baby stuff. And then you can go downstairs and you can look at like there's tools and yard equipment and weightlifting stuff. Like it's literally like the everyman store, right? You, you could buy anything from here the video game section at Westminster was upstairs and it was in the far corner of the store and it was right kind of where security could keep an eye on it. This was before they transitioned it all downstairs. But I remember it being in the corner this one booth, like it's so out of place and you know, you had like women's clothing to the left and like children's clothing to the right. But you had this corner booth here and like, In these glass cabinets, you would have your like Sega Saturn games, your Genesis games, your PlayStation games, your Nintendo sixty four games, and they had the glass cabinets, kind of like what they have in GameStop now, that have things inside of them, like controllers and all that stuff. So everything was locked behind something. You cannot just like walk up and grab something. But anyways, like I remember thinking recently that like man i really wish even though i didn't own a lot of these consoles i wish i would have just like bought stuff you know just to like have some of everything because a lot of that stuff is worth a lot of money now yeah
0: tell me about and, it
2: yeah and back then you could buy it for like 40 bucks but anyways like i remember in this point though like this was before GameStop and everything was in the mall they had a kb toys that kind of had the same setup in the back but you would talk to the guy at the counter and he He didn't, the the, the people working the counters here, was always a male, and he never really had any idea about what any of the stuff was. Like, he was just there as a job. He didn't really watch or play video games or really know too much about what he was selling. He just was there to sell it. So, it was not, it was a very impersonable experience. Later on, they took that part and they moved it downstairs because there were more consoles out. You know, they had like the Xbox and PlayStation was still making stuff for the PlayStation 1 and, and 2 at the same time. So they had expanded this whole thing to, like, aisles of glass cases. And it was at that point, I remember they had, like, clearance games. You had just, like, a butt-ton of accessories and Wii stuff and, like, all this. Like, this was at the tail end of it all. And it was over down to the TV so you can see what these consoles look like on the TVs. And they actually had people there. That knew about video games. And that was fun because they would always be like, oh, hey, remember last time you were in here looking for this? Like, we got a copy of it in. Like, I will never forget, you know, I was sitting there playing Legend of Lagaya and he like recommended Xeno Gears to me. And then, but he's like, oh, we don't have any copies of Xeno Gears right now. But then when I went in a few weeks later, he was like, oh, hey, we have Xeno Gears here. I like, I put a copy behind the stands for you. So just in case you came back in to grab it. So that was really cool. But I love Sears, man. Like, I love that experience of being a kid and playing video games and going down looking at video games while my parents are upstairs looking at other things. Like, that was cool to me because you were able to kind of, at least in the second era of Sears I'm talking about, like, you're able to interact with these games. You know, they're all locked behind cases, but they always had things that other stores were sold out of. Like, GameStop would be sold out of a game. Electronics Boutique would be sold out of a game. And Sears would always have it. So Sears was always like my go-to. Though it was a little bit pricier, you know, in its later days. It was still I don't know, there's still something magical about it, you know, just like having aisles and aisles of games as opposed to just having games filled out on all the walls. It's just a different experience.
0: That's for sure. But it was something that back in the day in the late seventies, early eighties and mid eighties, for like you said, the systems started to come out and they had their own versions of the Atari systems, and they had a lot of great variations. They did have the Intellivisions. They did have the Coleco visions. They made sure they had a great base and a great selection of stuff that you could try out and play. And again, it was really cool to be down there. They had the little arcades there. it was just to me an experience that I had at my local theaters that I was going to as a kid, and I would always really just enjoy every time that I went there. Again, while well, my mom perused the clearance market, but. But I'm telling you right now, I'm so excited to go ahead and talk about this every single time out that we do because it brings back such great memories. But Sears, there's, what, less than 50 stores left, I think, nationwide here in the United States, and I think that's very sad. I know that I went to one in New Mexico, I think was the last time I went to one, and there was not much of it left. You go inside and there's, there's not much left of anything, and I really... Really, am very sad to see what happened to Sears as an entity. They just didn't change for the times. And it's something that I used to work for Wards, same thing. You don't change for the times. You don't continually reinvent yourself, continually modernize yourself. You're going to get left behind in the retail industry. And I experienced yeah. that firsthand. And I know people that love Sears has as well.
2: Do you think that maybe it's because they were popping up in like every new mall that was being built and they kind of overextended themselves too?
0: Not only did they do that, but the fact is the mall, I mean, again, you could correlate what what went on with Sears with the mall experience. And for the most part, the mall experience in many locations has died out or become a dying yeah. entity because people are, have found it so much easier to buy online or to experience things at a Walmart or just a couple stores. They've had no need to go to the malls. And with that experience is the fact that Sears was so tied in so many ways to the mall experience and they lived and died off of it. They once thrived, now they're dying.
2: Yeah, and that's, you know, again, those those are eras we'll never get back to, unfortunately. But, you know, I, I do have fond memories i think that with like sears are just they had their hands in too many cookie jars you know they had electronics and yard stuff and all that so i mean even in sears's like final years i always loved going in there because you know they had really cool like christmas decorations and halloween decorations and they put up a fight to the very end it's just unfortunate that it ended up being the end of them You know, they didn't really transition very well into this online retail space. And I think that might have been the nail in the coffin for them.
0: What are your thoughts up there on Sears? Do you have some great memories of that long, well-thought-of retail outlet that unfortunately has seen better days and probably will not be something that we can show our grandkids in 10, 20 years because... It will probably be gone by the end of this decade. And if it stays alive, it's going to be in some different form altogether, I would imagine. But I think we have some great thoughts on Sears. So if you have some great memories of Sears as well, please let us know. Cosmos at Yahoo.com Well, my friend, it's been a great episode. Cannot thank you enough as always. Any last thoughts on the way out?
2: No, I mean, there's a lot coming around the corner here so I think that the next couple of months will definitely be pretty busy but I think we covered everything I just you know I'm, I'm trying to think of like there's a lot more like boy memories that I'd like to get to in the coming weeks but I'm saving the bigs for last you know
0: fair enough fair enough indeed so for Josh Peterson this is Gerald Glassford it's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the pub culture cosmos we thank you for listening And here's hoping you have yourself a great...